Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast, the post-El Clasico, post-mortem edition. We are about 45 minutes after the final whistle. I'm joined by Lucas Navarrete, our main man who is making a rare podcast appearance. Lucas, I don't, I don't know where to start with this, but we got to start somewhere. What Maybe you can just tell me, first of all, welcome to the show. Second of all, how do you feel after this? What's your initial reaction? Hello, Kian. Nice to be here. Nice to be back. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, Real Madrid needed a win and ended up having Keylor Navas as the man of the match for them. So uh, that pretty much sums it all up. So it was a terrible performance. The first half was decent. It was okay. Barcelona also had their chances in the first half. But I don't know what happened in the second half. The team just started really, really bad during the first 10 or 15 minutes and then obviously the the red card to Carvajal pretty much uh, ru- ruined it all. It's it's a bit inexplicable, isn't it? Like, we try to di- do our best to dissect this season and all the things that have gone wrong. And in some ways, no one can explain why an elite player like Toni Kroos or Modric just misplaces an easy pass. Like, the amount of times that Ronaldo or Benzema or someone made a run and would have been through on goal if Kroos plays a good pass. Uh, there was at least three times in the second half where, for some whatever reason, everybody in the team coming out of the back just couldn't make a pass. Modric, Kroos, Kovacic holding onto the ball for too long. Um, the wing backs just easy passes. Elite players. I, I I'm not sure if I understand why that that happens, but it's been happening a lot, and it happened a lot this 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 second half especially. Yeah, it's been happening, and uh, the worst thing is that you know people will keep saying that okay, we Real Madrid played well during the first 45 minutes, and maybe even deserve to be ahead on the scoreboard and all, but they'll forget that Barcelona also have two very good chances to score in the first half. I mean, let's not. Of, of course, it was better than the second half, but the first half wasn't as great as you know some people might uh, remember it yeah. after the the second 45 minutes so it was a, a, a yeah you go know, on, had, go ahead, go yeah it was a, a disaster of a, of a second half of course but you know the first half wasn't as 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 brilliant as as it, as it should have been considering that Madrid needed to win yeah i think you're bang on i think the first half wasn't brilliant it was also not a disaster it was just like respectable yeah, 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 of course, it was, it was. okay. Yeah. yeah, it was okay. At least it was okay. You know, we had our chances, Barcelona did too. But, you know, it's not like we dominated the first half and, you know, ended up missing some key opportunities while Barcelona dominated the second and converted their own chances. No, it wasn't like that. Barcelona also had their chances in the first half. We did it on the second. If we start from the beginning, like we can even go back to yesterday when we saw the 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 squad, the Real Madrid squad. And, you know, you and I both love Ceballos and... In some ways, while the discussion can start there, it it, it absolutely doesn't even matter. Like, Ceballos, whether he's in or not, he does just, does, there's no way he's coming on in this game. Yeah, of course. Especially that's the way true. it unfolds. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, the starting lineup, 
threw everyone off guard. In my eyes, I was okay with it because I thought, you know, Kovacic in past Clasicos, he's looked great. Um, he looks to help defensively. When you have a packed midfield like that, you don't, it almost is, it, it, it's almost a safety net defensively because you have four central midfielders who all know how to defend, who all are very good in terms of their vertical passing and creating chances. Um, I was shocked in the second half how none of that existed. Like yeah, the whole the whole game plan changed. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, Kovacic just stopped pressing. Like he he started caring only about Messi. When you know the first half, he was pretty much commanding Real Madrid pressing and Barcelona recovering the ball on their on their own third of the pitch, and you know defensively it was okay. And then Kovacic dropped. I don't know why Zidane probably changed that and you know of course Barcelona started controlling the ball the first 10 minutes of the second half and forget about the goal forget about the red card to Carvajal the first 10 minutes of the of the second half were pretty much embarrassing yeah. I think yeah no you're right um and it wasn't just about okay Barcelona made a decision to hold the ball a bit better I think Valverde said after the game what was the difference and he said essentially that they were able to get past Real Madrid's initial press uh, yeah, and then once they got there, there was all kinds of space to work with, which we saw. It was a horror show. Like, it was it was actually. I felt like every time Barcelona had the ball, they're going to create a chance. That's what it felt like. Yeah, and about Kovacic, people will say that you know Kovacic played played great against Barcelona and the you know in, in the Spanish Super Cup, and of course he he pretty much controlled Messi and they defended very well. But Casemiro wasn't playing in that game. Isco was. I mean. It wasn't the same system. Zidane didn't go for the for the same system which worked uh, when when Madrid took care of Barcelona in the Super Cup. Uh, he he. This is not the same system uh, he used back then. Uh, I think you you have to start this in this game. Uh, if if you want to start Kovacic, of course he's not going to drop Casemiro. We know he's not going to drop Casemiro. Zidane is. So, but I, I think Isco has to start this game. I have uh, some uh, interesting data here. Real Madrid have played seven Clásicos without Isco in the starting eleven. They've lost five, two wins, and five Clásicos played with Isco in the starting eleven. Just one loss, just one draw, and three, three wins. I think. I think you and I are on the same page on many things and not on the same page on some others. I think the one thing we're on the same page on is we both believe the team can survive just fine without Casemiro. Uh, yeah. And that doesn't mean Casemiro is a bad player. He does... The things that Casemiro does are... You need this player on the roster, but that doesn't mean you need to build a system around him. Right. So I think if you're looking to implement someone like Kovacic in this game, which we've seen Real Madrid put Kovacic in without Casemiro and the team has no drop-off defensively. We've seen that happen in Clasico. We've seen that happen yeah. um, against Atletico. And Kovacic yeah. just looked fine. And that's and that would have allowed you to insert a player like Isco. Yeah. To me, like, Lucas, like, although the team looked okay in the first half defensively, the shape was good. Second half, yeah. second half was a black hole. We, I mean, that's another debate altogether. Second half was a disaster. The first half, well, I thought we looked okay defensively. I thought one thing we lacked, Lucas, was offensively, when we had the chance to counterattack, there was, I had no idea where the goal was going to come from still because 
Yeah. Ronaldo. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, yeah. We counterattacked, and, and Ronaldo was the only one pretty much, you know, charging forward. He was pretty much the only player. We know Benzema is not fast. Exactly. We, he, he's the one launching the counterattack, you know, passing the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo. But then Cristiano Ronaldo by himself against three players, that's not going to work. And then oftentimes you had this situation where Cruz was the guy in your counterattack. He was high at the pitch on the left, and he's not the type of player who will who will beat a man and, you know, makes make something happen. So whether, like, you, I know you think it's Isco, and I think Isco would have been, would have helped a lot with this, but whether it's Isco, whether it's Bale or Asensio, you essentially need at least one of those three to, to kind of string the counterattack together. And that was what I thought we were yeah, missing. Yeah, I, I don't even think, I don't even think Isco would be, you know, particularly useful in that in those situations but of course Bale or Asensio would be because you know that they're fast they 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 can, they can beat their men both with the ball and off the ball Isco can I mean Isco is the one to keep possession of the ball and just dominate but if you if you want to play counterattack you need either Bale or Asensio starting of course Kovacic is also fast but he, he's not the one who's going to score on a counterattack yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially what the problem was because what if Bale or if Bale seemed fit? Like, it, I don't understand this idea if he's fit or not to play. He's clearly fit. He's in the squad. He's played the last three games off the bench, so he was fit. So I, I think the surprise was also was, I think we all kind of knew Bale would come off the bench, and that's fine. Um, I'm I'm really surprised that Isco wasn't in this game. And again, like it, I'm I'm being a bit hypocritical because when I looked at the starting lineup, I was like, okay, this is fine. I think this will work. Um, but I think the issue I had mostly with it was that we were suffering so much in the second half. It was clearly a disaster, and it was insanity how bad we were. And yeah, the, the, the first reacted, ten minutes. I think Zidane reacted too late for me. Uh, that that's tough. I mean, that's a tough call because when he was trying to react, then the penalty came. Of course, the red card. People will criticize. Of course, you need to you need two goals to at least get the draw, but. And you and you put Nacho in. It's it, it's a tough call. I mean, I think he was about to to put uh, both Bale and Asensio in before the penalty, and then of course it all pretty much it, it doesn't even matter after after that penalty and the red card. In and you know the first ten minutes, it's tough also to make a substitution in the fifty third or fifty fourth minute. Of course, Barcelona was dominated already before, even before they scored their their first goal. But it's also very tough to make a substitution directly in the second half. I, I, I'm not blaming Zidane for that, to be honest. One of the the things that that drove me nuts, and maybe this is the NBA fan in me to kind of react like this. But when Bale and Asensio were getting ready to come on, it seemed like it took them 10 decades to come on. And that was because Barcelona had no urgency and they were trying to keep the ball and make sure it doesn't go out yeah. of the way. So Real yeah. doesn't make this. In my head, I was thinking, my God, just foul or something. Do something. Yeah. Get get the ball out of play. Get these two in there. Because even though... But it, would... it didn't even matter anymore, Kian. I mean... Yeah, but come on, you have you, to... You, you tried to, try. to, of course. <laughs> you tried to fight, not to give up and all that. But it didn't even matter anymore. You know, you're 2-0 you're behind and you got, you're down to 10 men. So yeah, but it didn't we, even matter. Yeah, but we've seen Real Madrid play really good in the, in the Classico with 10 men. Like, this is a sad thing. That we're so used to playing with 10 men in the Classico that we've actually yeah. learned how to do it somehow. Like, we're, we've, this is like 
Yeah, that's right. Somehow we, you know, we looked better with ten men in the second half when Bell and Asensio came on. So at least to me, there was there had to have been some urgency or reaction, which there, I'm not sure there was because even when Real Madrid did get the ball, they gave it back immediately to Barcelona, and it was just a, this this horror show of a cycle. I felt like I was watching a horror movie in the second half. That's what I felt like. Yeah, no. The, the, um, to be honest, the whole match was pretty bad. Not not only about Real Madrid, the first half. Of football, you know, it wasn't like very, very joyful to watch or, or entertainment or anything like that. I mean, the whole match I think was pretty mediocre. But um, yeah, about the about Zidane's reaction, I, again, I think it's tough. I, I'm not blaming him. You know, he probably lo- uh, knew that it was a loss, even though you know you have, you always have to, to 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 keep your hopes up and all that. But it didn't even matter anymore. Um. Marka put out this graphic on Twitter saying that the, the first goal conceded was Kovacic's fault. So when I was looking at that defensive sequence, which which was a just complete, it's like Real Madrid just opened up. You kind of notice Kovacic has two options. One is he can close down Rakitic. The other is he can cut up the pass to Messi. So he cuts up the pass to Messi, which probably like at that moment was the right decision. I think the problem was it was hard to bl- it was hard for me to understand what was happening after that because Kovacic then has the opportunity to run to get Rakitic closing down. Yeah, he stopped. But he stopped. Yeah, he stopped. He, and he was jogging back. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it was a. Pl- yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the plan to to just pretty much man mark Messi there. Yeah. I don't know if if we knew it was the plan, then Kovacic made the right call, but he had to keep going once uh, Rakitic uh, beat him so uh, probably uh, of course in, in you know right now it looks like it was the wrong decision to <laughs> to just take care of Messi and, and let Rakitic go of course Rakitic is slower he's not as you know as as good as Messi of a player to be honest so maybe that's what Kovacic thought and right now it looks like it was wrong I think he he really had to hustle when when Rakitic beat him, but he probably thought that you know Baran and Ramos were going to stop him. Um, yeah, I, I think I guess I guess the point is that uh, whether Kovacic made the right or wrong call in that in that moment, which he has to make a quick decision and make a judgment call, it's bizarre that Real Madrid were even in that position that Kovacic needed to decide that. Like when you have a packed midfield with also Casemiro, Kroos, and Modric there, yeah. where were they? I didn't understand that part. That was yeah. what made no sense to me. Um, yeah, it was Kroos who who turned the ball over uh, that time, right? I mean, I, I don't even remember if remember. it wasn't Kroos. Um, let's jump into some questions for the last like ten minutes that we have here, Lucas. These questions are for okay. patrons, so. Again, you already know this by now, listeners. But if you would, if you like yeah. this show, um, you know you want to pledge, you want to support us. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/ManagingMadrid. Among the many rewards you can receive, one is a guaranteed answer to your question. So, Sayantan Nandi says, "Can someone tell Real Madrid to buy a effing striker who can score goals?" I am tired <laughs> of this link-up play bullshit. La Liga is surely over for us so early in the season, isn't it? And what was the whole team doing? Doing? During the first goal, so we've already talked about the first goal, but I mean, essentially, the other question is, Santan is asking, is the league over? Yeah, I think it is. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you're 14 points behind. Of course, you got one game to play, but 
it's over. It's yeah. over because, I mean, Real Madrid are not going to win every game in, in the second half of La Liga. Yeah. Of course, Barcelona will drop points. Maybe they will even drop 11, 10 points, but Real Madrid will too. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, if people people look at it as 11 points, but it's or 14 points or whatever, uh, and they kind of do the math and say, if we win this game, that game, and all these games, we'll be fine. But then that doesn't include the fact that you're not going to be invincible for every game you play in. Exactly. Um, the striker issue, do you want to talk about Karim today, or are you kind of sick with that subject? Well, I don't think he's to blame. <laughs> Again, I think he's been pretty much the scapegoat here. Uh, he he goes out and people whistle. Kovacic, who is a player I love, goes out and people you know give him pretty much a standing ovation. I don't know why. You know, this is what you get from uh, from Benzema. And you passed on on Mbappe on the summer, and I don't think you need to spend hundreds of millions on, of euros on Icardi or, or whoever. Alexis Sanchez will be a good option. He will be cheap and all, but I don't think you are going to rescue this season by signing a striker in winter. I don't. I mean, La Liga is over. Whether you sign Alexis, uh, Icardi, whoever you sign, La Liga is over anyway. There is. I don't think there's any chance we sign anybody in the, in the winter time for this position. I don't think. So. I, and I think it's the right call to be honest. I mean, the Inter are going to try to sell Icardi for 120 million, and you passed on Mbappe for 150. So, what's the point of you know pushing the panic button right now and just signing signing Icardi, who is a great player, of course. But if you passed on on Mbappe. Why would you sign Icardi for for a for a bit less of a price? Um, that is actually an interesting perspective to have. It's a, it's a good perspective to have. Um, and I think, to be honest, here about Benzema, about the topic about Benzema, I think we need to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo for a little bit. I mean, we talk so much about Benzema and about the the goals he misses and about all the, all this, but we know he's not a scorer. I mean, we know he's not a pure striker. And the one who is not, who is right now not achieving the numbers he was uh, putting on for the last couple of seasons is Ronaldo, not Benzema. Benzema is pretty much. I mean, of course, he with three or four more goals here and there, he would be pretty much in the same numbers he was getting for the last four or five seasons. But Cristiano Ronaldo isn't. Um, I don't think either have been efficient, really. I, you know, with Benzema, I think for a lot of the, the season he's. He's done a lot of good things with the ball. Um, in you know, in transition, he was probably the best player on counterattack today, but he just didn't score. He had a great chance, and he just didn't connect in the first half. Yeah, but you cannot you cannot blame him for that chance, Miss. I mean, that was a very tough uh, a very tough chance to score. Um, all it, I don't know. All it took was to connect with it. I thought, but you know, maybe those are the standards they have of Ronaldo at this point, where I just expect him to, yeah, to right. pull that shit out of his ass, but. Um, I don't know. I, to be honest, my leash with Benzema has getting been getting shorter and shorter. I don't even I don't even think he's to blame today. But I also whether it's his fault or not, he hasn't. I don't know if he's been. I don't think he's been at the level we need. We need. We need a player at that position to be right now. Especially yeah, but that, 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 yeah, yeah, but that can be said about pretty much every player on this roster. But Modric and Keylor Navas today. Mm. Um. I mean, but, only Modric and, and Navas performed decently today. Um, but to me, this is just a bigger reason uh, 
to play that player that you needed to play today. Because when when your when your goal when your team is lacking in terms of just scoring clear cut chances like it has been this season, your other two your other two three players who can finish and score goals are Bale, Asensio, and Isco. Like if you look at their expected goals and the goals they scored, they they have the best ratios on the team. And and neither of them were in the starting lineup to kind of compensate for Real Madrid just missing ch- so many chances. Like, yeah, are we really surprised that they missed chances today? You can't no. just based on the sample size we've seen this. Season. Exactly, exactly. No, that, that's totally fair. Yeah, of course, Benzema has to play better, and he's he needs to com- to convert more chances than he's than he, than you know than what he's doing right now. But I think some of the focus should be on Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Not 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 every you know, not the whole blame is on Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean the team performed so badly today, the team has so many problems that, you know, you cannot point out and say, you know, Benz Benzema um, we will be better. You know, people w- uh, were saying that Isco was the main reason why Real Madrid were struggling this season and you know when Isco wasn't playing Real Madrid uh, I think Isco didn't play against Sevilla and Madrid won five nil or something like that. And they say, Oh look the team works really well without Isco. We'll see what happens without Isco today. I mean, there's there are so many issues right now that one player should not be the one to blame. Yeah, I think that is a crazy reaction given that what we've seen Isco do to run out the last season. He was unbelievable. Um, against Juve, going on all the lists against Bayern, he was key. Um, and then I think I think the issue is that a lot of fans have this thought in their head where they they blame certain players for certain things but refuse to ignore the whole scheme and the whole the ideology the tactical things the things yeah. that, that are, are put forward on the pitch by the manager um you know i uh, to me a lot of the issues we've had this season have been schematic and tactical rather than one yeah. player um yeah yeah christopher mccormick says i'm at a complete loss for words from this loss we locked down Barcelona in the first half, controlled the game, had two chances to score, Ronaldo missed kick and Benzema's header off the post, which by the way, he, Christopher didn't say this, but I think the statistic is Benzema's hit the post seven times this season, which is crazy. Uh, and then Christopher says, we then came out in the second half, seed possession, watch Rakitic run to the back line, um, and then as we have done time and time again, lose it completely. It sums up our season, fucking nightmare. Excuse my language. Barca are turning into uh, post-Stefano Madrid in some ways. Instead of getting worse, they've maintained their level and their rivals are the ones who have gotten worse um, after the Stefano retirement Madrid have won eight league titles in eight years. Shout out to Anton Hackberg, who I believe just got that shit show for his first time classical. Anton is one of our patrons who's, who attended the game today. So, I don't know. I, I The only thing I can take away from this, it's not really a question, Lucas, but it is... It is really like if you put if you put you and I to sleep someone throws us after the super cup and then brought us back to life or or woke woke us now in december after this game and you saw the position of both teams what would you be thinking like you'd be shocked yeah of course of course i mean we were thinking that barcelona were done they were not going to win anything until they completely rebuild their team and you know the the whole Madrid era was going to begin, and and we were ready to to keep winning double after double and all that, and and this is what happens. I think and and this is I think this is the main reason why you know the main reason why the team is struggling. I think both the team and the fans thought uh, too well. I mean thought that the job was done 
and you know there was no need of of, of signings or anything like that because this team was so good already. The players probably did too. The players probably felt like you know they are so good that they can take care of Barcelona and United. And you know this self complacency is is dangerous and uh, and it's happened to Real Madrid many times in the past. Um, Anton Hackberg says, "Do you think we should rest our players in La Liga matches now and go all out for the Champions League?" No, but you cannot do that because then they arrive to the to the key matches in the Champions League out of form and you know without momentum, without confidence, without anything. So I mean, you cannot do that week in and week out. Of course, you need to to start making some rotations ahead of the matches against PSG, of course. But if you are planning to just rest the players and start playing the re- the reserves week in and week out, then the starters start losing even more confidence. So. I don't think you can do that in La Liga. I also think it's a bit naive to think that Zidane would even do that anyway, because I yeah, he's not going. Like, he, look, he said it. He says it in all the press conferences. He said it. You know, he's saying it now live. He's talking right now as we're recording, and he's saying it's not over. And he said that before the game. He said whether we lose or win, the league's not over. And um, I, I actually think Lucas, he truly believes that he's not even just trying to put a face on. You know, this is a manager who. He came in and cut a 10-point deficit to one or something in his first season halfway through. You know, whether we believe it or not, he he believes it. Um, yeah, it's not that Barcelona have been brilliant either this season. They are very solid. They are a very solid team, but they will drop points. But the thing is, Madrid have no reason to believe that they won't. You know, Madrid will drop points as well because they are not playing well. So... They have, I mean, Barcelona has holes. We we, we saw the holes today. Even. Yeah, our yeah, counter, definitely. Our counterattack was a disaster. We just if if again, I really think if we had that player like Bale or Isco, probably Bale especially, um, this would have been different. I it, there's a lot. The margins of error are so small in this in this game. Like one miss here affects the whole game. You know, there were chances. I think the problem is overall how many teams in La Liga can exploit this weakness of Barcelona. It's not many. There's like a handful of them, and Valencia was one. They took two points, okay. Atletico took two points. How many more teams, if you go down the list, can can do damage against them this season? Um, just a lot of points to make up. Last question. Yeah, yeah, Dimit- too many. Dimitri says, my question for the podcast, why do you think Zidane is being so hard-headed and creating the same tactics over and over? Is it him doing it, or is it the president putting pressure on him too? Cause Madrid keep, because Madrid keeps on pushing their wing backs uh, and leaving us exposed on counters like we saw with the first goal. Um, this is a long question, but essentially, this is the question: is um, why haven't we basically remedied this issue of of sending so many players forward and leaving ourselves exposed? Yeah, I think a change is due tactically. I think Zidane has to at least try. I, he's not the one to blame. I mean, I, I want to repeat it, but I think he has to try how Modric, uh, Kroos, and Kovacic work in a three-man midfield without Casemiro. I think week in and week out, I don't think you need Casemiro against you know the, the lesser teams in La Liga. I think he's a very useful player against elite teams like PSG. I, you need to start Casemiro against PSG probably, but at least you need to try this new system, especially when it works so well in, in the Super Cup against Barcelona with Kovacic. I mean, Kovacic proved he can play defensive midfield. So I think you need to at least try that. Um, 
and it wasn't just a super cup. Like if, if anyone says, no, well, it was a super cup, it doesn't matter. It's not the same level. But go back to last year's Classico in the Camp Nou, where, or was it two, was it last year when Ramos scored the equalizing header late? Yeah, yeah. That game, uh, Kovacic started without Casemiro, and he was one of his best. That was one of his best games. Um, same yeah. with the Calderon last season. He started with Casemiro, one of his best games. I, I have no doubt he. Can yeah, he do played it that position. Game. He played that position in Italy. I mean, mm. Italy very very tactically sounded league, and he played there in defensive midfield for Inter. Of course, that Inter wasn't a successful team, but he excelled in that position. I think he at least has to try playing Kovacic uh, behind Cross uh, and Modric. It's not going to happen though. Maybe even Marcos Llorente. I don't know why. I, look, I honestly, if, if unless Casemiro is injured or suspended, I just it's it's so for me it's so far away. Yeah, it's not going to happen, of yeah. course. Yeah, it's like saying that he needs to drop Benzema. He, I mean, Zidane has proven time and time again that he's not going to bench Benzema, and he it, he's proven time and time again that he's not going to drop Casemiro. But I think at least he has to try. Um, again, like I, I don't know. This is. I feel like this is the most I've reacted after a, a bad game. But I, to me, this wasn't one of those games where we're like, you know, fans sometimes say, oh, tell us to come, bring some calm to us. Tell us everything's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> tell us all the good things that happen. Are we overreacting? This is one of the few games I feel like I'm not overreacting. I really like, today was the second half was such a nightmare. It, and not only the fact that we lost, it was the manner that we lost. It was... It was the bad decision making. It was a la- lack of urgency. It was, yeah. It was preventable, entirely preventable. And this was just one of those games where you really, you really shot yourself in the foot. Yeah, but it's been it's been like this for for quite some time already. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the second half, you know, it hurts a little bit more because it's Barcelona because La Liga is over. But Real Madrid have played this poorly for a while now. You're right. I mean, we've had alarm bells. We've had like warning signs all, all season. Um, okay, Lucas, any concluding thoughts before we let you go? No, I I pretty much said it all. I think players like Marcos Llorente, Kovacic, Ceballos, Asensio need to be unleashed, need to at least be tried, you know, to see if the team gets some more energy. But I don't think it's going to happen in the bigger games. So. I agree with you. I, I think, just to, to add one more thing, um, and feel free to jump in and disagree or agree or whatever. But okay. I think there are two players in the Once de Gala that we would survive without and probably improve the flow of our team defensively, offensively. One is Casemiro, and the other one is Benzema. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would love to insert Kovacic in and Bale for those two and have a scheme where we see Bale, Ronaldo, and Isco, Modric, Cruz, Kovacic in a big game. I, yeah. I'm dying for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that because I mean Ancelotti proved that a midfield with Cross playing as a defensive midfielder can work, and I think Kovacic can even play that position better than Cross. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, Lucas Navarrete, thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm sorry that your your podcast debut after so long was after a game <laughs> like this, but it's always nice to hear your perspective and your wisdom, and people have been asking for it. So we hope to see you more often on the show. Yeah, we'll try, Kian. Thanks for having me. Thank you, and hello Madrid. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius.
One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.